Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Because now it is time to compete for the Mont Rose American Teen Princess. princess. <laughs> I don't think I understood the topic. <laughs> and that makes me, Amber Ampkins, proud to, to be, be an American. American. <laughs> you know what? You go in there and you say, I'm quitting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. No, she, um, she grabbed your tap she shoes was, while she was flying through, through the, the air, air like, like a goddamn, goddamn lawn dart. dart. <laughs> that movie takes place in Mount Rose. Right. And we were staying in Montrose. But for the sake of the association, oh, we it just, happened the it, entire time. The whole time. Yeah. Because how do you not quote dropped it gorgeous the entire time? The entire it's time. A cult classic and it must be quoted. It must be quoted. But we were staying with Karen. We were staying with Karen. And she is one of our favorite people in the world. She is one of the kindest, warmest, gentlest person. Most people. generous people. Yeah. Yes. She rents out a room or two, I think, on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And that's how we found her. And she calls her place... The Love House. The Love House. Right. Yeah, that's what she calls it. I wanted to say it. Love Shack, but Tin Roof Rest, it no, didn't No, no, right. it was... Yeah. It's the Love House. Yeah, it's and, the Love um, House. Yes. And well, she's a minister, too. And she's wonderful. Right. Going in and meeting her, it was like, oh, instant uh, family. Yeah. Instant family. Well, it was just like, oh, this is my cool aunt who lives in the desert now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Who we need to just go visit all the time. Yeah. Right. Because she's, she's the best. She's and the she best. And she also had, like, all the insider knowledge. And she told us all this, like, scandalous stuff, oh, too. Oh, it was like, so good. Yeah. Uh, she had she a lot of gossip breakfast for us. in the morning. And she breakfast. would just sit and, like, tell us all the gossip. Mm-hmm. And it was the best. It was. She told us everywhere we needed to go. She told us all the things we needed to see and all the hot gossip. Yeah. She was, like, really into us coming back to, like, do Chaco Canyon and doing all yes. that sort of stuff. Things that, we like, will do. We didn't get a chance to do while we were out there, but she gave us like all the lowdown in this little like tiny little city in Colorado. Right. Where you can be crowned the Montrose American, American Teen Princess. Teen princess. <laughs> I'm 
looking for adventure I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real You can feel, you can open your eyes And open your heart when you gaze At the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you Welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. I almost thought you were going to say, I'm Mike. And then I was going to say, I'm Dusty. Because it just felt like that. It would be wrong. But it did feel like it was happening. Yeah, well, naturally. I I do all of the design work. Right, and I do all the editing. All of it. And I work hard for my money. Yes, you do. And the money is hard for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. This episode is the first of three episodes in... Black Canyon of the Gunnison, which is in Colorado. Another national park of Colorado. Right. We have done all of the national parks of Colorado. True. But on the show, we have only done previously only one in season one, which was Rocky Mountain. That's right. It's right at the end of our season one. We spent our time in Colorado in the spring of 2019 on a larger road trip that also took us back into Utah. This was our second park on that road trip. Black Canyon, I think, quickly became one of our favorite parks for a lot of reasons. Um, although it was maybe one of our most terrifying parks as well. It was certainly Cue one of our music. most <laughs> terrifying. Right. Tell us a little bit about Black Canyon of the Gunnison. Sure. So the park itself was established on March 2nd, 1933 as a national monument. So she is a fiery Aries. Well, yes, to start with. Yes. Yeah, to start Her with. Sun sign Her sun Aries. sign is Aries. But then it became a national park. On October the 21st of 1999. Oh. So she's skirting that Libra line real hard. Is she Scorpio? No, I think she's a Libra. She's still Libra? I think 22nd. I it was the 20th. Is, oh, I don't know. I always just think it's the 20th. All right. I always think it's like 21st, 22nd. Because I believe in being deeply accurate about that, <laughs> those things. So anyway, she's somewhere in the fall timelines of things. Mm-hmm. You would know better than I. Yeah, I feel like you I always you're... thought it was the 20th. Okay, so then she's a Scorpio. The Great. Yeah. Fire and water. I mean, water. if I, we look it up, like seven websites are going to tell us 29 different things. It's true. So. So fire and water. It seems about right. Fire and water there with air. Go. With right. some air. Sure. Yeah. There we go. Bubble it in. Great. Great. The park itself is known for a lot of things. Specifically, there are some really great hikes and trails, drives around the canyon rim that offer amazing viewpoints into the canyon. The canyon itself varies in its depth from about 1,730 feet to 2,722 feet. And at its most slender, it's about 40 feet wide, which is pretty incredible um, to think about the slightness of the canyon and how narrow it can be at some spots. The canyon offers two sections, the north section and the south section, or the north rim and the south rim. While we were in Colorado at the Black Canyon of the Gunnison at this point, the only section that was open was the south rim. It was really right about on the line for the north rim to be open, but we were a little too early for that, which was 
a little bit of a disappointment when yeah, we. It was a little yeah. disappointing. Yeah. Um, but things worked out as they oh, always they do. Certainly yeah. did. Yeah. We we definitely soaked up as much as we could of Black Canyon of yeah. Denison. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. And we got we got it real good. Oh, we got it real good. Yeah. We started on our trip to Black Canyon from an early rise from Grand Lake, Colorado, which is where we were staying when we were in Rocky Mountain National Park. On this drive, the GPS took us through this like mountainous dirt road for like 40 miles. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this? Oh, I do. Oh, it, who was I driving? W- oh, I thought I was driving. No, I was driving. Oh, I remember driving. Well, I was driving. I believe. Okay, well, you, I mean, <laughs> you're the elephant who never forgets. That's so right. there we go. Okay, well, so you were driving. Spade spade. Oh, no, that's right, because I was taking photos of Bighorn's sheep. Of the Bighorn sheep that yeah. we were passing. Yeah. Because they just were around. Yeah. We were definitely like, oh, you're on a highway for a while. You're on a highway for a while. Oh, yeah, you're going to just like climb down this mountain and back up this mountain and it's a total dirt road that felt like a one-way road i feel like there were some cars that passed us though going the other way at some point and it was like i don't know how they got around us no. frankly no i think your fear of heights was triggered too because you were oh, on the passenger there were side of and them. we were along the cliff edge most of the time there we were able to get to the park you know without any major incidents uh thankfully we said all our novenas yes. and we were good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we drove right in we left we made sure to leave grand lake early enough because i think it was about most of our drives in colorado were about a three to four hour drive time in between the parks so i think we left pretty early in order to get to the park itself by like nine or ten yeah so we had like a full day because we didn't want to necessarily have to go to our airbnb to start we you know had previously talked about karen at the opening of the show so Mm -hmm. we didn't really meet her until after our first first full day in the park which was purposefully set up that way Um, a lot of the times we will try to get to the park first before we head to where we're staying, whether it's an Airbnb or a hotel. And that's exactly what we did today. There's only one way to drive into Black Canyon of the Gunnison. There's only one road that will take you in. Right on the south, for the south rim. On the south rim, right. You're going up this winding road Mm because you are coming in at rim level. Right. As you drive in, um, you see the little sign there for the National Park. Mm -hmm. And then you drive in a little bit more and then there's this parking lot. It still sort of feels a little bit isolated. Yeah. And then you turn and look to your right and there she is. Oh yeah. It's like once you're in, you get like a really early view. So there's like that parking lot pull off and And there's a, there's a spot where you like, there's a viewpoint right there. Yeah. There's a viewpoint platform. And yeah, that is like, a beautiful first taste of what Black Cannon of the Gunnison is. Oh, but only the slightest of tastes. And, yeah. But only the slightest. Right. But it, that is the, you know, a first stop for many to right. like get photos. And I'm sure that some people who just want to go and see it and not necessarily like explore it often will probably just stop there, take photos and then turn around and go. I guess so. But I feel like a lot of what we did on this day is accessible for people that maybe aren't Hikers. interested in being in, yeah, yeah. in hiking or and yeah. still being able to see a lot of the canyon exactly why is it called black canyon i think this came up in one of your jeopardies so the angles of the canyon there's mm-hmm. so many slots in this canyon mm-hmm. and there are some parts of the canyon that only see sunlight for about 15 minutes a day yeah so a lot of it remains dark yeah so that's why they call it yeah. black canyon but i do like uh, that was like 
something that I was really interested in learning about. And I feel like it, even when we were at the visitor center, that wasn't really thrown around. No, I do feel no, like that came that from you came, later. No, that came up. No, I overheard that if oh. I'm a park ranger oh, okay. at the visitor well, center. Well, I guess I my ears were plugged. I guess so. I guess so. I or was, you were like too busy. I was busy too busy listening like, to Donna Summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I just remember there were so many different striations of color in the canyon walls. Um, and that also included some green too, which was really neat. Uh, it really did feel like almost like if you were looking at like a granite countertop, that's what Black Canyon sort of reminded me of. Just That's a great way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, it just had all these different compacted like striations in the walls um, and a lot of different colors to work with. After we stopped at that viewpoint and really took a, a good solid few minutes to take everything in, and at this point there were maybe like five or six other cars and maybe like 10 to 12 people with us at the viewpoint, uh, we continued up the road to the visitor center, which isn't that far up the road. As we were driving in, you definitely also pass um, signage for campsites before you hit that viewing platform. So there is camping at the canyon as well, something that we haven't necessarily delved into yet, but those sites are usually there. I don't know what availability is like because again, it's not something we've done, but it is something worth noting. The visitor center was really big visitor center yeah yeah. they did have a film Mm -hmm. that i was not allowed to see (laughs) (laughs) yes that's right yeah Mm -hmm. because my wicked stepmother made (laughs) sure that i what was her name back in the car she's got like a real bad name right i think it's i think it's lady lady michael (laughs) yes it is Lady something. Lady, right? yeah. Lady. Cinderella's stepmother. What's her name? It's Lady something. Lady Germain, isn't it? Oh. Or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. This gay over here knows what's going on. Yeah. Scorekeeper. Yeah. Scorekeeper. <laughs> Scorekeeper for the gays. For one <laughs> wicked stepmother to another. <laughs> of course you know her name. Yeah, I think it's Lady Germain. It's something like that. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. So the visitor center was full of merchandise and also full of fantastic exhibitions on what kind of life is there in Black Canyon at the Gunnison. Mm-hmm. Of the Gunnison. Also, Gunnison is the name of the river, Gunnison River, which is the Gunnison, like the river that... Goes through the canyon. Goes through the canyon. The, the river that carved the canyon. Right. In my research for Jeopardy, which I didn't end up writing... Also, Gunnison, I think he was... Um, that's a name that's thrown around a lot mm-hmm. in the West. Well, there's so. also a Gunnison, Colorado, which right. is nearby. Right. So, yeah, things we know. We were able to stop and talk to the park ranger. There were a decent amount of people in the visitor center, um, but it wasn't too long of a wait to talk to the ranger. This is where our dreams were crushed a little bit on the North Rim because... Right, we found out the North Rim was not open. A lot of the hiking that we had researched that we were excited about was on the North Rim. Um, And... It they was played Rachmaninoff and everyone <laughs> loved it. Everybody except, except for, me. for me. I really tried, Miranda. Thank you for that dramatic reading. Anytime. It yeah. was not a reading. It was a reenactment. <laughs> because I don't need to see the script for that one. Right. The North Rim was closed. Yeah, the North Rim was closed. And that means that you can't go to the North Rim. And 
It was like a three-hour trip it would take you to get to the North Rim. Well, you had to drive around. Yeah, like there was a thing. big roundabout a that you had to do. Big roundabout you yeah. had to do. So we kind of made a plan with the park ranger who was super helpful in regards to what we could do at the canyon. And we also kind of lightly talked about what we could do on a second day because we had that second day in the canyon blocked out and what would make the most sense practically, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But his first recommendation for this day was to drive out on the South Rim Road. There are a lot of viewpoints that are on the, along the canyon side of the South Rim Road, obviously. Um, at the end of the road, there is a trail. It's called the Warner Point Trail. And there also is a set of trails that surround the visitor center. After kind of talking about what we really wanted to do and what would make the most sense for that, we agreed that we'd drive all the way out to Warner Point and then kind of snake our way back, um, pulling off whenever we could to see those viewpoints because those viewpoints also did have some short hikes attached to them. So we figured at least we'd stretch our legs a little bit. It wasn't just getting out of the car and looking right from the car. There was the opportunity to do just a little bit of hiking there as well. You drove to Warner Point because I looked at the road and how close the road was going to be to the edge of the canyon and said, no, no, thank yeah. you. I think we've you learned were very how to generous do this now. Yeah. Our relationship in car and our relationships with cars and who drives when is pretty set firm. Yes. Like as far as who's doing the driving exactly. at high elevations. Especially since I'm our consi- consistently taunted about, you know, driving like a maniac around curves. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I was going to say that's because our relationship is built on the film writing and cars with boys. Yeah, that's right. Right. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, you were, you drove. To allay your fears. And mm-hmm. it did allay my fears. The heights up there were really serious, mm-hmm. right? But we drove to all the way, all the way out to Warner Point, right. which is the furthest point on the South Rim. Right. You are at some points very close to the edge of the canyon. And so you're able to see, not necessarily to the river, but you are able to see the other walls on the side of the um, canyon, so the north side. Um, and at some points, you're, the road is curved so much in that you're really not, you know, you see a slight glance of the canyon, but you're not seeing all of it. So when we get to Warner Point, we are able to park. There's an ample amount of parking there. There are like an actual restroom that's like in the middle of like an oval on the property of the parking lot. Um, and we're able to park and just head out on the route. The Warner Point Nature Trail, is, as it's known, um, is a 0.7 mile hike out and a 0.7 mile hike back. So it is a there and back hike. All trail says it's about one and a half miles or 1.4 miles if you want to split hairs. It does have some considerable drops in elevation. You know, it's about a 200 foot drop here and there along the hike as it's at its most extreme. You get most of that drop right away. Um, so you're actually declining as you are working your way down on the trail. And I do remember that there were a lot of placards along the way that told the story of different things on the the hike because it is technically a nature trail. Now, that aside, you know, this is some up and down kind of rugged terrain that you're on, even though it is a nature trail. And the most incredible thing about it, aside learning about the different plants and animal life that are here in Black Canyon, is the views because not only are you getting views of the canyon itself, which is to your right as you're hiking out, but to your left, you're seeing the vastness of like Colorado and and probably Montrose and the surrounding cities and counties, which was equally breathtaking. 
Obviously, it's not a canyon, but it's still incredible to be that high up. And it really makes you forget how much that... I think I didn't realize how high up we had gone on that drive. Oh, right? very high up. Yeah. We're essentially like a mile up in the air. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it was... I, I was pretty stunned by the view to the left, too. Oh. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. The placards that were about like a lot of them were at the different like points where you would park but they were animated right in what looks like the 1960s and like they still have these messages like survival for the critters and there's this like man standing with um all these squirrels around him and he's holding an ice cream sundae and it says squirrels birds and deer do squirrels just fine thank you without the help of chips peanuts and sandwiches visiting the monument is a treat for you but for the critters it's no picnic it's just like living at home with a lot of human intruders who tempt them with treats but don't understand the consequences. The other thing it mentions on this one placard is talking about um, survival for others. Ambitious and well-prepared hikers may be in the bottom of the canyon, if you can imagine that. A thoughtlessly tossed or kicked pebble drops from the rim like a bullet to a speed of 120 miles per hour, dealing death or injury to any person or animal it hits. Beautiful. Well, thank you for that dire messaging from the national park (laughs) system. It's true though. Um, And we learned that a little later um, on our journey, not bullet rocks, but definitely rocks that hurt us. But as we're hiking out here on this nature trail, you know, again, aside from your beautiful views and your kind of steep declines and, you know, steep inclines, there are some earthen stairs that have been like created. There are like railroad ties that have been put in by the park service to create a natural staircase um, that kind of leads you out. You are, again, at any point able to just stop and kind of take a look and see into the canyon. Um, For the most part, you're really close to the edge here. On the day we were hiking, there were the clouds in the sky were these just giant puffy white clouds that just gave this like filtered light that was coming through. And it just made for a very magical sort of hike. Every time you stop along the way along Warner point, but honestly at any view, you see the Canyon from a different angle. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different, uh, it's you know, facets, yeah, it's different like the facets of the Canyon, all the different facets, but it gives you a fresh view every single time. Right. This was a great spot for us to just stop to. And, you know, we hadn't hiked for a little while when we were in Rocky Mountain. We had done some intense hiking, but had also gotten back with ample time to kind of rest up. And so after the long drive in the morning, this was like a nice way to stretch our legs and I think feel awake and alive um, because I do remember just kind of feeling a little worn out from the day before and actually moving helped a lot. Um, So this was a good hike to kind of get started at the canyon with. And I'm glad that we drove all the way out to do it. Um, There were a ton of families at the end of this trail. Right. Which culminates in this beautiful view. Yeah. That you can just sit and look and, you know. Look both ways. Look both ways into the canyon. Because you're like at a point that's overlooking it. Yeah. Um, my fear of heights was like active a little bit here. Mm-hmm. 
I, you know, I think you got a little closer to the edge and I stayed back a little bit, though you could still see everything from where I was standing. Right. There were a lot of families right there when we were hanging out there. And there was something about a missing sweatshirt. Like a kid had like lost a sweatshirt and like they were, the parents were, had told him like not to lose the sweatshirt, but they had lost the sweatshirt. And like, uh someone talked about picking it up or like texting somebody to pick it up. And I think it was like, no, 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 no. If it's gone, when we get back, it's gone because we told him to keep up with it. Yeah. There was definitely, there was a little drama that was happening. There there. was some drama. And I was of course sipping tea and listening (laughs) to the drama about the sweatshirt. Yeah. The drama about the sweatshirt is also your self-titled autobiography, but what else is new? Um, after spending some decent time out at Warner Point, we turned around. And so this is where we're also going to see some lovely little incline. Um, now it's time to kind of play reverse and have to deal with this trail in a different way. I do remember I was living for all of the dead trees that were all over the place because what else is new? There were so many of them. There were so many and of them. And you were crying about how beautiful they were. I did. And all the paintings you were going to mm-hmm. paint. It's true. I in cleared, your dead I cleared tree Ian's gallery. In my, mm-hmm. dead, my dead tree gallery, yeah. Yes. That I like run with Moby. Yes. Yeah. You <laughs> my did. doppelganger. Yes, exactly. um, so yeah. After hiking back, I think um, we were primed to really start to see some of the other points that we were able to. Um, and there are a ton of points on the way back of the South Run Road. And that is what we did next. And with that, let's take our first break. I was on this like volunteer trip to Saltillo, Mexico mm-hmm. once upon a time in my high school times. Mm-hmm. And there was this game that we ended up playing a lot called We Little Leprechaun, where you would have to like guess the name based on the description of the We Little Leprechaun. Okay. Like, what do you call two We Little Leprechauns who sit on top of drapes, Kurt and Rod? Oh, I got you. What do you call a wee little leprechaun that lives in a mailbox? Bill. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. It's all like dad puns. It is all dad puns. Okay. But we can do this with drag queen names. Okay, great. So we're going to do that. I'm going to give you a clue. Okay. You have to guess that. Okay, Ready? great. Okay. So this drag queen only appears during the holidays um, in tiny, small traveling musical groups. What is Carol something? Or Carol right? Singers. Carol Singers. There, there we you go. go. Yes. This drag queen is always putting on a coat. Who is Donna Coat or Donna Jacket? Donna Jacket. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. This drag queen went to Yale. It's, is it something to do with New Haven? No. No. It's, it's Ivy League. Oh, Ivy League. Right. This drag queen is the spicier version of Annie Hall. Oh, I am like not doing well with this. <laughs> no, no. Who is Cayenne Keaton? Oh, Cayenne Keaton. Yes, yeah. one of our favorites. Throwing it back. Mm-hmm. This drag queen fell down a rabbit hole. Who is Alice in Wonderland? Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Very good. This drag queen buys her glasses off of any given highway. Who is Proxima Thursday? <laughs> no, I'm correct. Who is Pearl Vision? Pearl Vision. <laughs> Did you say off of any given highway? Yeah. Yeah. Pearl visions are like, anytime I see them, it's mm. like off of like Route 1 or yeah, Route 18. I guess or, so. You know? They're in strip malls. This drag queen can be found eating wow chips. 
It was Alestra. Lady Alestra. Lady Alestra, <laughs> exactly. And that was named that drag queen. Or We Little Drag Queens. We Little Drag. And I like that better. <laughs> yeah, We Little Drag Queens. And that was We Little Drag Queens. There you go. One of the first stops we took was Sunset View. And this is literally the first stop after you're on your way back from Warner Point where there's a pull-off. You basically, again, are able to pull off. And this is a view where there was pretty much a balcony that was created by the National Park Service that was flat. And there were these um, stone kind of pillars that had wooden railings in them, which allowed you to kind of just walk out and get a view of the canyon. Um, And that was pretty typical for most, I feel like, of the viewpoints, unless it was somewhat bare and wide open, which was few and far between. But this was another just vantage of the canyon. It definitely is a little further up than where you were seeing Warner Point from. So it was nice to get that second sort of like vision of it. It was one where you didn't have to like hike out at all. So it was a short little jaunt out. The next viewpoint was Dragon Point. And it's got a little bit of a trail involved with it. You hike out. I mean, it's like not even a quarter of a mile. But if you like short trails and want to feel like you've done a short trail, then then this might be the thing that you need. Dragon Point and Cedar Point were right near each other. Cedar Point actually had two lookouts that um, you could walk out to. The walk to Cedar Point was about as long as the walk to Dragon Point. Mm-hmm. You could see these two points from each other. Right. To which I, I said like, oh, I mean, wouldn't you really kind of be seeing the same thing? But no, not true. Yeah. Every time you looked at Black Canyon from a different spot, you it saw something different. It also depended on your elevation too, because those points aren't all at the same elevation. So you're getting a different vantage point as you're going. So you do see things from like higher or lower. This came up later too, because I think we were at the point where it was like, listen, stopping and getting out of the car is only so exciting. Like I actually want to hike again. We definitely, I think, tossed a few of the, the stops out. As we were going along, oh, we the road. did. We yeah. didn't stop at every one no. of them. But the next we one did we did stop was at those two. Yeah, and then we stopped. I believe Painted Wall was next. We did. Painted Wall is one of the geological formations that people come to Black Canyon of the Gunnison to see. It's a spectacular wall that is made of. I mean, you can just see all of the striations of all the sedimentary rock just like cutting through it and like all the millions of years of old rock that is just all different colors right there. Painted Wall is the tallest cliff in Colorado. It is the third tallest in the lower 48 after El Capitan in Yosemite and then Notch Peak in Utah. Yeah, it's really an incredible sight to see. The height of the wall is 2,250 feet. If you want to take a look and kind of think about other monuments and structures that are at a specific height, the Washington Monument's at 555 feet and the Empire State Building is at 1,250 feet. Yeah, So it's the like canyon putting, is incredibly deep. It's like putting two Empire, Empire State, State Buildings on top, top of, of each other. other. Yeah. They had that in an image. Yeah, right yeah there was a plaque right there. You're able to walk out a little bit more. Um, There was like a metal railing here where you were able to walk closer to the edge of the cliff, I feel like, than some of the other instances of lookouts. And I did that. You did, and we were proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) We gave you a golf clap. Yes, you you and the ghosts. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The funny thing about the maps that we had gotten is 
that some of the overlooks very clearly showed that there was like a little bit of a hike that you had to take. And this was one where it was like, oh, look at that. There's just like a little blob like right on the road. False. Like you definitely had to do a little bit of hiking. It wasn't a lot, but it just was the map was wasn't to scale as best it could be, which we've talked about before. Is often the case. And is often with the case. most maps yeah. in most national parks. Right. Actually, it's with most maps, period. Yeah. I mean, have we seen the Mercator map? Right. I know. Lies. Right. Lies. Greenland ain't that big. Yeah. We stayed a little bit at Painted Wall. At this point, it had gotten a, a little cloudier. Uh, so I think we both kind of bundled up a little bit because it had kind of gotten windy at this point, too, and just continued on driving. The next stop was Chasm View. You're also sort of able to see Painted Wall from here just because of where you're at. It's not as clear of a view by any means, but it is a view that you can kind of like get that view of the Painted Wall as well. After Painted Wall and Chasm View, I don't believe we made another stop until we got to rock point which we skipped i believe the devil's lookout or these are points where there's a little bit more of a hike that you had to do um i do remember this one hike you kind of came through all this bramble do you remember that like it was a hike that was all the way out through was that cross fissures no i think it was before cross fissures i think it was it was um I think it was Rock Point. I don't think it was Devil's Lookout. So I think the reason that we did Rock Point is that you could see the Devil's Lookout from where you were and you could see Cross Fissures. And I think we were like, let's just do the one in the middle and we won't do the other two. And then Mm -hmm. we were like, no, No, we should do Cross Fissures. We should do all of them. We did all of them. No, I think we skipped Devil's Lookout, which was the one... Yeah, we, oh, we missed no, that one. No, I thought we did all of them. Oh, maybe we did. I mean, they're Memories. all very close <laughs> together. So it's like, you know. Like the you, corners of my mind. <laughs> you could do all of them. Right. Each of these lookouts is giving you a different vantage into the canyon. And you're also seeing the northern side of the canyon. And one of the frustrating things about that is part of the reason that that side was supposed to be closed was because of snow. Literally all the roads were clear. So every time I looked across the canyon, I think I was just mad. <laughs> because this is Lady Rulebook over this here. This is Lady Our Rulebook sister over Sister Rulebook, here. that's her name. Yeah. Also, most of the rock in Painted Wall is considered Precambrian, oh. which um, makes me think of the drag name Precambrian. Oh. Which I love. Yeah. Do and you? I do. <laughs> the lookouts are great. They are a thing to definitely do as you're on the South Rim. Um, especially if the North Rim happens to be closed. It happens to be a very accessible thing for you to do. What we ended up doing after the lookouts is we went back and we parked at the visitor center. Uh, When we were there earlier, we had talked about other things that we could do while we were at the park. There were a few hikes right around the visitor center that were recommended to us, and we were trying to figure out if today was a good day to do them or not. The other thing that we knew we could do was actually hike down what's called East Portal Road, And that would bring us down into the canyon. It was a road that was actually paved, but we were like, you know what? I guess it's maybe the thing to do the second day. It would be kind of nice to like also, I mean, we knew we would be spending like six hours like uh, hiking this, but it would be like on a paved road. Right. So. So we were like, all right, well, let's do these other trails. We weren't that tired at this point. Um, I think actually just driving and stopping, that's where I started to feel the tired. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a wave Certainly. of tired. So I think it was like, okay, let's actually move a little bit and let's make some moves around here. So park the car at the visitor center and we were going to head off onto the 
uh, Rim Rock Upland and Oak Flat Loop Trails. And with that, let's take a short break. Much of the sedimentary rock in the painted wall is considered Precambrian. I think that is a very beautiful word, and so I, which is why I think it lends itself to being made into a drag queen name. So, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage Brie, Brie Cambrian. Who's Brie Cambrian? Since you've decided to bring her to life, Dusty. Um, Brie Cambrian to me is. Laura Dern from Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, no, I think on the opposite end. I feel like okay. she's Alexis Rose. Oh, all right. Brie Cambrian is yeah. just like like a kind of influencer lifestyle kind of um, drag queen that just happens to have like tiny little like references to like the pre-Cambria time. Okay. Yeah. So do are we seeing like floral, like exotic floral prints and like mm-hmm. T-Rex dresses? And bright and T-Rex, <laughs> T-Rex arms. Yeah, T-Rex right. arms. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Beautiful blowout. She actually comes out in one of those like blow up T-Rex costumes. Mm. And then that transforms into her dress. I believe that's what happens. Oh. Yeah. You know what I'm or talking about. Or it just about. goes away. And, yeah, right, it exactly. just floats away into the winds. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm always entertained by this. Oh, yeah, they're pretty great. That would be a fun reveal. Yeah, that would be a fun right, reveal. Right, right, right. And I think she does, I think she sings, like she hums to the Jurassic Park theme. Na, 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 na. I don't know. That's a no. little on the nose for okay. me. Okay. So what's she saying? I think she she probably does some like um, some Britney Mm -hmm. um, and just some you know pop princesses, Mm -hmm. and then she's just sort of like a she's like the coolest girl in high school. Maybe she's not the meanest girl Mm -hmm. in high school. She's like the older sister on the dinosaurs. He, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. She's the brontosaurus dinosaur. <laughs> oh my God. I haven't thought about that mm-hmm. character in years. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Not the mama. No, no. No. The sister. Yeah. The sister. I get it. No, I was I also doing the baby. Not the yeah. mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I f- do feel like since you mentioned Ar- Alexis Rose, she has like those like flapper headbands that she tends to wear <laughs> right on Schitt's Creek. I feel yes. like that is a part of her costume somehow. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that her merch would be like, um, a tooth on a gold chain. Oh, that's like not, fair. A, not a human tooth, but right? Like something that would look like a fossil tooth on right, a gold yeah. chain. It's like, would the tooth be gold too? It'd be a gilded tooth. No, no, no. no it would okay. be like a realistic looking tooth. Okay. With decay. yes yeah ladies gentlemen and everyone in between please welcome to the stage brie cambrian when we returned to the visitor center the first thing we did was we walked out to gunnison point which is this walkway that's built right from the visitor center. Right. That sort of like juts you right out into the canyon. Yes, Fear of Heights was triggered here. Yeah, you definitely stayed I away from the edge. definitely stayed you away from do, the edge. You let me do all the edge work. I Yes, <laughs> you yeah. usually do. <laughs> so we stayed there for a moment. And then from here, it was like, okay, let's do the 
there's this loop trail right. that you can, uh, there's these few trails that connect that you can essentially make right. a loop. Leaves from the visitor center, basically. So we jumped on the Rimrock Trail first. And the Rimrock Trail takes you along, basically from Gunnison Point, it takes you from the visitor center around the road. So you're following the road for a little bit. You're below the road and it crosses you. You're kind of in some brambles. You're along the edge of the canyon, but you're not as close as what would give you a heart attack, Dusty Ballard. And you kind of are winding your way around and through. For us, what started to become very snowy ground um, because we were still there early in the spring. Eventually what happens is you cross the road and we had actually seen this crossing as we were driving in earlier. Um, And it wasn't terribly far from the campground because I remember seeing the sign for the campground and then I don't think we saw people hiking, but it was very clear that there was a hiking path that had crossed the road at that point. When we cross the road, you enter onto the Upland Trail. And when we were on the Uplands Trail, this was this felt like marshy. Mm-hmm. It's not marsh. No. But it felt like that, mostly because there was so much snow on the ground. Yeah. That it was like mud. Yeah. You're just walking through mud. And luckily, you know, we were like, all right, we're doing it. Yeah. The boots are f- like getting submerged in mud. It was nice. It was fine. Yeah. And it was relatively flat too. Um, there was a lot of like grass and like it was literally a field with snow and grass in it, um, like tall grass. And that eventually too brings I you- remember yeah. on that field, we talked a lot about American history. Mm. I think we brought up, we were like, I wonder if this is what like that march was like um, the morning that they crossed the Delaware River in order to do that, like the Battle of Trenton, mm. essentially, or the sneak attack battle. Sneak attack battle. Of Princeton, right? <laughs> Washington crossed the Delaware to surprise the Hessians at Princeton. At Princeton, right? No. No, at I don't Trenton? Know. I think it was at both, wasn't it? Uh, oh, it started in Trenton and then it moved to Princeton. Right. The sneak attack was Trenton. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the we were, were talking smart. about that. <laughs> we were <laughs> talking about that on that on this walk. Yeah. Um, among other things, we were playing like silly games, obviously, of course. Always. Always, we always have silly games. Yeah. The trail was like relatively easy at this point. Now, when we had talked to the ranger earlier, he was like, when you get back to the Oak Flats Trail, because he was the one who recommended doing the loop in this order, because you could have obviously gone the other way. He's like, when you get to the Oak Flats Trail, you're going to cross the road, you're going to hike a little bit more, and then you're going to come to a juncture. You can go to the left and hike another loop and come back to the visitor center. We can just go to the right. He's like, and I hiked it this morning and it's really snowy and it's really icy. And he's like, if you don't do it like right now, then that ice is going to melt and it would have been a little easier for you to walk on it. And you're going to just be sinking in. And we had just come from like, oh my God, I was hiking in oh, Grand yeah. Lake. And it was and flat. And also <laughs> the marshy, yeah. like muddy area. Right. Yeah. Also, also we have trauma from snowshoe hiking. <laughs> right. Grand Lake, which yeah. was more fun yeah. than yeah. I would have imagined yeah. that it was. Certainly. We got to this juncture and I believe I turned to you and I was like, we're going to the right. Yeah. We're just, we're going to the right. And you were like, yes, yes, we are going to go to the right. Cause we said, we were like, we could come back in the morning and hike this right. loop when it's not it's icier, uh, you and know, frozen over, soggy yeah. mud central. Yeah. Soggy you know? mud central. Right. Yeah. So we turned to the right and we headed back into the visitor center. Right. So when we got into the visitor center, we, I think we hadn't bought our park badges yet. 
And so, and you also wanted to look at some merchandise. So we made the point to always just me, just Just me. Like you don't. I look at the badges and that's about it. I look at the badges. (laughs) When have I bought a t-shirt? I mean, you haven't. I know exactly. So know. don't come well, for me. I didn't send for you. I okay. All right. We talked to the guy at the gift shop, and he's like, "Oh, he's like, is this your first time?" He's like, "It is." We were like, "It is," and we told him we had hiked the national park. So he was really interested in hearing that. He had recommended us going to Dragon Point for sunrise because it's apparently spectacular there and we were definitely like great that sounds like a good idea there were a lot of actual photo. he had like photos that were like panoramas of the point at sunrise and just was this kind of like beautiful different striated colors in the walls that were then highlighted by the sun rising and so we were like awesome if the sun is going to be out tomorrow in the morning that's something we'll definitely mark down then we kind of meandered back into the visitor center of the visitor center because the gift shop is open it's like an open format plan so it's like it's one little section and so then we wandered back over to like the ranger station of the visitor center and as we were standing there we were looking around at the exhibits because that was sort of the moment where i was allowed to do that (laughs) and right um i let you out of your cage yes And someone asked the ranger, like, well, is there a way to go into the canyon? And we thought the only way to do that was to take the road Mm -hmm. because that's what we had been told earlier. And he said, oh, well, we actually have these. We have a few ways to get into the canyon all the way to the bottom, but they're not trails because they're not maintained. Right. They're wilderness routes. They're wilderness routes. He said, you have to have a permit to do it. But there are three routes that you could take down. I would recommend doing the Tamichi route, which leaves not far from this visitor right. center. And that was the clearest one. That was the clearest one. And so we definitely both like our ears perked up at this. And we said, huh, will we do the Tamichi route? All right, let's put these on the Karen Stone scale. Let's do right. Warner Point. Warner Point, I'm going to give a three. Um, really, I think I'm going to do like a five. Okay. Well, don't give me like faces. It was like a little harder than, I mean, it was like a little harder than I thought. It Mm. wasn't like a perfectly smooth walk. No, I did feel like it was short though. And so it's short. Right. I did feel a mile and a half. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's like decent. Can you not judge my three? I'm not judging your three. I know. I know. Fine. 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 An eight out of twenty for <laughs> for Warner Point. Great, great, great. Why um, don't we do the other like three together? We're gonna do the other three together. This does not include the entirety of the Oak Flat Loop, right? It, it just, just includes like the smidgen, the smidgen from like the road back to the visitor center. Right. We did yeah. not do that whole. No, no. So we therefore we can't give yeah. that occurrence. Rim rock and uplands trail is what we're talking about here. That I would give a three. Yeah, I agree there too. Great. <laughs> well, fantastic. <laughs> Look at that. Six out of 20. Six out of 20. Karen stones. You ready for some jeopardy? You know what? I was born ready. So, Dusty, my Jeopardy is called Painted Wall. Oh, okay. This Jeopardy is all about famous mural art in the world. I thought that might be where you were going. Yes, I hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm ready. Right. All right. It's Painted Wall for 100. One of the most 
striking things about the Lascaux Caves is how well their cave art was preserved. The caves depict large animals and contemporary fauna of the Upper Paleolithic time. One of the most striking rooms or halls is well known for its depiction of these horned animals popular in nearby Spain. What are antelope? Incorrect. Was it deer? What are bulls? Oh, okay. So the running of the bulls. Oh, I and, see. I you know, see, bull I fighting. See. All right. Um, yeah, the Hall of Bulls is really impressive. Um, and the I'm just going to say that there are, I mean, antelope have been drawn on caves before. It's true. And, you know, there are types of antelope and deer in this, but I was oh, looking okay. for Hall of Bulls. Got it. Like Hall of Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Painted Wall for 200. The Last Supper, Leonardo's famous fresco mural, depicts the final feast of Jesus and the Apostles. Although the painting was made even more famous by author Dan Brown, it is actually a very delicate work of art housed in a monastery in this Italian city known for its houses of fashion. What is Milan? That is correct. Oh, I so, couldn't tell you where it where it is. Well, now you know. I mean, now okay. It's and Milan. Da Vinci was not. Um, da Vinci didn't really understand how to paint frescoes, so he didn't do it well. Oh, and so it is not holding up well. So it's had to have mm. a lot of repairs over time. He definitely didn't take notes from his friends. Well, um, you know who did know how to paint things well? Yeah. Was Salvador Dali. And I prefer his Last Supper. You prefer? I prefer his Last Supper. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. We all have opinions. Yeah. It's nice that you have them Salvador too. Dali didn't put all of them on one side of the table. Mm. But he did. Da Vinci did. Yeah. Painted wall for 300. Michelangelo's work on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel took him four years to complete, and then he was hired back to paint the altar wall, which took him another four years. Working to tell the stories of the Bible across this small but beautiful chapel ceiling, it is this piece of the biblical puzzle that is most often referenced, as both the standard bearer and what it and what looks like the ye old pull my finger joke. Is this the creation of Adam? That's correct. God creating Adam. There we go. Painted wall for 400. Shepard Fairley's wheat-pasted designs have become part of the cultural nomenclature. While his design for the Obama Hope poster gave an incredible visual to a storybook, storybook campaign, his Obey design may rival it in how often it is reproduced. The black and white stencil cut face, while hard to make out, is actually this 1980s wrestler and star of Princess Bride film. Oh my god, is it Carrie Elwes? I'm looking for a wrestler. You're looking for, re- oh, Mickey Rourke? It's not Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> it's Andre the Giant. Oh, okay. But I will accept Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Great. Mickey Rourke wants to take me camping. <laughs> I know. I was All waiting right. for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Painted wall for 500. <laughs> Girl with the Balloon may be one of Britain's most famous works of art. Originally stenciled around London in 2002, the work was repurposed for other major humanitarian events in the early 2000s, including the West Bank Barrier in 2005 and the Syrian refugee crisis in 2017. In 2018, a framed copy of the work was shredded by a shredder hidden in the frame, later admitted to have been set up by the artist himself. Who is the artist of the work? Who is Banksy? That is correct. Uh, I, it just I feel like Banksy would do something like right. that. And you're correct. And look Great. at you. You did so well on that. You did not make that too hard, and I appreciate it. Well, of course I would never do that to you. Right. 
I know, I know that. Who is Mickey Rourke? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you write a whole category one day for me about Mickey Rourke's and well, yes, filmography. And he, well, he's got plenty. He does. Great. He's got plenty. So tell me what your Jeopardy okay. is before we're at each other's throats. <laughs> <laughs> we are not at each other's throats. Mm-mm. So as we know, Black Canyon of the Gunnison is describing a canyon that was created by the Gunnison River. Mm -hmm. So this is called Colorful Landform of the American River. Oh. So in this category, I have created a fictional landform that is nearby an American river, and it is named because of its color. Great. So this is Know Your American Rivers. Kind of. A little bit. But that's not too bad. Right. Also, in this category, all of the answers are alliterations. Oh, wow. Just like pile on that ice cream sundae of crazy. Yes, exactly. Okay, are you ready for it? I'm as ready as I can be. This sedimentary rock stack formation often found in the Southwest, if it were found just north of New York City and named for Kelly Clarkson's eye color. What is Hazel Hudson Hoodoo's? Bas- yes, Hazel Hoodoo of the Hudson. Okay. So all of them are like Black Canyon yeah. of the Gunnison. Okay, gotcha. Hazel Hoodoo of the Hudson. Gotcha, That's gotcha. correct. Okay. Good job. Look at that. I had to really piece that one together. Uh-huh. You have to do that for all of them. Great. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> okay, 200. Hazel Hoodoo of the Hudson sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> like Hazel Hoodoo is the great. Hazel Hoodoo. <laughs> Put her on the list. <laughs> Officially, she's on there. Okay, ready? 200. This landform that juts out into the river in America's capital city, if it were covered in dark reddish purplish blossoms, named after this color, which is said to be the color of dried blood of fleas. What is the Puce Peninsula of the Potomac? Yes! (laughs) I am so proud of you. Yes, well done. Dried dead fleas, blood is puce? Puce, yeah. So puce means flea in French. Oh. And so that's where it comes from. Is that like fleas blood? Fleas. It would, like if you saw, like if a flea died or left blood Mm -hmm. on a like white sheet and it it dried up, the color was then called puce. Right. I had a lot of fun with the color names on here because I knew you'd know them. 300. This small curvy bank that follows along a curving stream that could also serve as a synonym for wandering aimlessly. If it curved around this river, America's longest, and if it were covered in these types of trees with big white blossoms that are iconically associated with the state that serves as the river's namesake. What is the meandering magnolia of the Mississippi? Yes, that's correct. But it would be the magnolia meander of the Mississippi. Because meander is the the, the the landform. landform. Okay. Great. 400. The meandering magnolia is also the title of the eighth Harry Potter book. And the meandering magnolia. Mm -hmm. Right. It takes place in the South. Mm -hmm. Okay, ready. Here we go. 400. This receded landform that is often the product of stream cutting erosion, if it were cut by this major border river of Texas and covered in turquoise hydrangeas. Something of the Rio Grande. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't know the other two. What is the Robin's Egg Ravine of the Rio Grande? Uh, okay. Yeah, that was that's why it was the four hundred yeah. one. Oh, I understand. Great. Okay, five. Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, five hundred. Five hundred. This collection of small loose rock, if it were the color of wine, and found near the river that connects the Great Lakes to the Atlantic. What is the Sarascri of the? St. Lawrence. Very, I will accept that. Okay. I was going to, I was looking for Sangria Scree of okay. the St. Lawrence, okay. but I will take the Syrah Scree of St. Okay. Lawrence. Great. Congratulations. Thank you. You did very well in that category. Thank you. Unlike I with yours. That's not true. Oh, I did do well on yours. Too. Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> This has been Gaze at the Mickey Rourke. (laughs) This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often. And that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. All original music is by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. All original artwork featured on Instagram and on our website is by Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at gaze at the National Parks. Contact us, email us at gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. And to find out more about Black Canyon of the Gunnison and any of the other parks mentioned on this podcast, visit our website at gaze at the National Parks.com. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in Black Canyon of the Gunnison, that we are on the traditional lands of the Ute Indian tribe. Stay tuned for our next full-length episode, where we see more of Black Canyon of the Gunnison than we ever thought we would. (laughs) 